Welcome to Black Men Speak, a podcast that highlights ordinary black men doing extraordinary things. I am your host, Keith Dent. And on today's show, we will be talking to Amari Anderson, CEO of The Best Dirty Lemonade. You know, lemonade is such a refreshing, cool drink, especially in the summertime. So you'll hear later in the show how Amari came to use the name The Best Dirty Lemonade. But the brand was born from a deeply personal mission. As the only child of a mother battling Alzheimer's, Amari channeled his tenacity and love into creating a remedy to soothe her ailments. As her condition worsened, affecting her sleep, appetite, and mood, Amari was driven to help in the best way he knew how. Despite his academic roots in law and liberal arts as a graduate of Morehouse College and Howard University's School of Law, Amari found himself tapping into culinary memories of his childhood. Recalling the refreshing beverages his mother used to make, he painstakingly crafted his unique lemonade recipe. Amari's commitment to making a difference extends beyond his business. He is an active member of the Minority Cannabis Business Association and a proud graduate of the 2022 Black Cannabis Business Northeastern Cohort. In his journey, Amar has demonstrated that with resilience, passion, and a strong sense of purpose, transformative solutions can emerge from even the most challenging circumstances. And on that note, let's start the show. Amari, welcome, sir. How you doing today, brother? Mr. Dent, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Great, great, great. So we're just going to go ahead and get started. Um, the best dirty lemonade. So like I said, lemonade is such a clean, refreshing drink, <laughs> but you named it the best dirty lemonade. So one, how did the name come about and you know why did you get started? Yeah. So um, the name came about because I wanted people to know that there's something in our lemonade, but I didn't want to hit you with it in your face to begin with, right? Um, mm-hmm. When we first started, we were doing a lot of pop-ups, a lot of trade shows, and people would have to come up to us and engage with us. And I wanted them to ask the question, what makes it dirty? Um, and then I would always say, you know, it's infused with premium cannabis. And they would either say, wow, that sounds delicious, or they would run for the hills saying, I don't do drugs. So <laughs> one, of, one of two things happened. Also, um, when we first started, there was a popular mixtape series by the rapper Feature um, called Dirty Sprite. And, you know, okay. me being of a certain age and uh, a hip hop aficionado, I wanted to also play on that type of popularity. Oh, okay. Um, so there was, it was infused with, said it's infused with cannabis. So what made you decide to infuse some lemonade with can, cannabis? Yeah. So, you know, this actually was born out of tragedy. My mother was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's at a very early age, um, in her early fifties, 52 to be exact. And as the disease progressed, I saw a couple things happening to my mother, right? She was, became agitated. She also wasn't eating and she wasn't sleeping throughout the night. Dealing with anybody who has a chronic disease such as Alzheimer's and if they're not sleeping, it really weighs on you because you know you already have caretaker fatigue. But if you're also unable to get proper rest the next day, you're no good to anybody. 
me being a casual cannabis user at the time, I know what cannabis did for me in relation to my eating and my sleeping. So I decided to um, call on some old recipes I remember from my childhood. So my mother's a first generation American and um, her being of Jamaican descent, she used to always make these, you know, tropical drinks and fresh mm. juices. And so I knew that I wasn't going to get her to sit there and actively smoke uh, or consume cannabis the normal way that people think about it, right? Whether it's smoking a joint or a blunt or something mm. of that nature. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so we had to find a way to make it more palatable and still have the same effect for her to get the um, desired effects, which is, you know, increased appetite, uh, sound sleeping throughout the night, like restorative sleep. Okay. And did you, did you see results right away or when did it really start when you start to see results uh, with your mom? Yeah, we, we did see results right away. And I want to be clear, right? Our drink wasn't a miracle drink. It did not reverse the effects of the Alzheimer's. Um, in fact, I always say it's more was more palliative care. Um, my mother did end up passing um, in, on September 11th, 2019. Mm. But I do know for the last two years of her life, I, I, I think we were able to extend her life because once somebody decides to stop eating, it's really, it's typically downhill from there. Oh, yes. And sorry for your loss. Thank you. I know that that journey must have been uh, tough in itself. And so, and, and I, so I wanted to kind of go back to a little bit, you know, with your mom and what were some of the, tell me about your mom. What were some of your favorite memories about her? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I had an amazing yet stern mother. Um, like I said, Jamaican heritage, she really didn't put up with much nonsense, but we had an amazing relationship. Um, especially as I got older, you know, I found myself really looking to my mom for guidance whenever I was going through hard times in life, um, especially in college. She became, she transitioned more from the motherly figure to almost like a best friend role. Um, and we, we spoke daily while I was in college. Um, yeah, I, I really had an amazing mother. I was lucky. Okay. Well, that's great. Glad to hear. And then... Just a few minutes ago, you had mentioned that you used cannabis, or I guess you want to call it marijuana, and you mentioned how it helped. Did it help you with your sleep? What is it? What are the benefits of using it for yourself? Yeah, for me, I found myself just as a recreational user of cannabis. Um, I would just, you know, hang out with friends in social settings and may pass a joint around. That was when I was in college, and then as I got older. I noticed some of my colleagues in law school being able to, you know, consume cannabis and write these amazing papers, right? And I was always <laughs> like, okay, I want to try the same thing. <laughs> Unfortunately, what's good for the goose is not good for the game. <laughs> I found that um, cannabis with me and writing papers did not work out well. It did not work. <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> so this is probably why I make lemonade now versus practice law. Gotcha. Hey, truly understandable. I guess what is... Good for the goose is not always good for the gander. That is, especially when it comes to that stuff. Um, so yeah, so you start. You had the best dirty lemonade. Um, you're using it for uh, your mom is using it. You know, for the palliative care, and then somehow it gets to a point where you want to turn it into a business. So 
what, how did that come about and what made you realize or know that, Hey, this might be something that I could start. So my mom ends up passing in 2019. So before anybody knew anything about COVID before the world shuts down. Um, and once my mom passed, I kind of decided not to think about the lemonade. I wasn't touching it. Um, COVID happens. And as soon as the world starts to open up a little bit here in Atlanta, I went to a house party with friends and um, I brought some lemonade as my gift to the community and they loved it. Everybody was asking, how can we get more of this? What's the recipe? And at that point I said, no, I'm not giving you the recipe, but here, let's figure this out. So that was our first foray into trying to figure out um, a commercial recipe to get to the masses. Oh, okay. Was it a house party? It was a house party. Absolutely. Okay. So that um, means that people were a little bit more communicative <laughs> with this thing. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And you know, I, I don't want to say that I shouldn't be admitting that we were having house parties during COVID, right? This is probably the worst thing we could have. I mean, about. you know, I mean, it's, we're about two years past, you know, what, what, what are they going to do now? You know, touche, touche. That's that's cool. I'm sure the brothers were like, "Hey, this stuff is working for me." <laughs> you know, where where'd you get this stuff from? You know, especially with rela- you know, community relationships now, it's kind of, it can be a little challenging. You know, so anything anything to loosen up the the lips a little bit and pe- get people talking is always beneficial. Absolutely. Okay. With that said, how how long did it take after that house party to really start to get to get started and moving towards the business? Yeah, um, about two years, right? Okay. Because what I was giving my mother was produced in small batches, and it didn't have a very uh, long shelf life. Had fresh ingredients, things of okay. that nature. And so we had to find a way to produce something that could have a decent shelf life, just so it could be transported and um, it didn't have to be stored, refrigerated, right? It would have shelf stability. It took about okay. two years to really hone our recipe. But now I think we're on to something phenomenal. Great. Um, how many products do you have? Yeah, so currently on the market, we have seven. So in the state of Massachusetts, we have, actually, I said seven, I misspoke, we have eight. So in the state okay. of Massachusetts, this is what our bottle looks like. Um, and we are in nine dispensaries across the state. And we have our five milligram bottle, and then we have a 25 milligram medical use bottle. This is full okay. spectrum THC. Um, and then uh, via our website and other places, you can purchase our hemp-derived Delta 9, and it comes in three flavors. This is actually our strawberry. We have our classic lemonade, and then we have my favorite, uh, the blue raspberry. So okay. these are 60 milligrams in a 12-ounce bottle, and then we also have a 2-ounce um, bottle that's 10 milligrams. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And for a, I guess, a non-user like myself, what are the, and I'm sure it affects everybody differently, but what would be the effects of, let's say, the the lowest milligram dose versus the, you said 60 milligram? Yes, yes. 60 milligram. What what are some of the different effects an individual would have? Yeah, so, you know, I, I first always say, um, please drink it over ice. I think it's best over ice. And okay. I think, you know, if you start with two ounces, um, that like a shot, that's a good starting point. Um, okay. So, so you're not drinking the whole thing? 
No, I, I, I definitely don't recommend you drinking the whole thing. <laughs> okay. You, but if you do, I promise you, you will have the best sleep of your life. <laughs> you know, okay. you'll wake up restored. But yeah, you know, like you said earlier, it's good for communication, right? I, I find that I'm most creative when I'm drinking uh, lemonade, right? Um, whether that's working on projects, whether that's just, you know, hanging out with friends, telling jokes. I just feel like I'm really on it. I'm super quick-witted um, on the lemonade. Okay. Uh, and I think that's because we're used to Tiva dominant strands. I see. And of course, you have to have a medical, to, I guess the 60 mil, to get the 60 milligrams, you have to have a medical card. Is that no, right? in Massachusetts, you have to have a medical to get the 25 milligrams. Oh, 25. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Got and, and for those who don't know, because you're in Atlanta, so why, why Massachusetts? Yeah. Uh, Massachusetts just happened by happenstance, right? We entered a competition um, in New Orleans. We were kind of forced into the competition by a law school buddy of of mine. Um, he saw us at a conference and he was like, listen, if this is really what you want to do and you want to be taken seriously, you need to enter this hot box competition at the Black Cannabis Expo in New Orleans. So we entered the competition that morning. We were grossly unprepared. We were putting decks mm. together all day to try to make a presentation. Um, but I had the love of my mom and I had a phenomenal product, right? I had the belief in my product. And so we put it together. We end up placing second in that competition. Mm. That competition is sponsored by a large uh, multi-state operator out of Massachusetts. And they say, let's figure out a way to produce the lemonade and bring it to the masses. And it took about 18 months to finally conclude that deal and bring it to the masses. Wow. Okay. And, you know, you get, you win second place. Now, did you, was it a beverage? Was your, was the category like beverages or was it just all, uh, I guess, cannabis related products? No, it, it, it was not a beverage competition by any means. It was all cannabis related products. Um, we were competing against, some of my friends now, right? One guy um, has a phenomenal barbecue sauce that's infused. He's a veteran. He's pretty phenomenal. Another young lady has these herbal topicals that we were competing against. And the company that we lost to, they were a delivery service out of New Jersey. So, you know, it was just a wide gambit of cannabis entrepreneurs. Oh, wow. So that's it, even more um, outstanding that you were second place. Yeah, out of 125 people and having, you know, put our decks together that day. Okay. So with that said, so you probably weren't necessarily prepared to actually be in the top three. So then what ha- I mean, and then you get introduced from, you know, the Massachusetts. And, and so how did you feel after afterwards? You know, that was validation, right? Okay. We... We were, once we got that second place win, we were approached by tons of venture capitalists and other people who heard our story and were in the audience and wanted to help. Um, In cannabis, there's a lot of sharks, um, for lack of a better term, but people who just want to give you these predatory loans. So we've been able to steer steer clear of those. You know, like anything else, being a black man in cannabis is very hard. Right. And so we're trying to navigate a lot of the pitfalls that regular entrepreneurs um, are navigating 
but in a hot, more regulated space. Um, for example, banks don't want to accept your money because of the federal legality. And so mm. now we're lobbying with members of Congress for a safe banking act just to allow banks to accept our money and not close down our accounts. I mean, these are types, these are the types of challenges that we're also having to face on top of regular entrepreneurship challenges. Well, so the federal, I mean, and the government is allowing these things to, you know, uh, cannabis business to exist, but on the banking side, they're, they're making it rather difficult. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Well, I, and I didn't, I hadn't really heard that, but, and I mean, I know licensing, especially here in New Jersey, where I am can, can be challenging for um, businesses of color to get their, to get their licenses. And I didn't know banking was also the challenge. Yeah. Um, and- yeah. New, New Jersey, New Jersey had its own complex set of problems. Right. Um, but I think they, they've gotten it together. I mean, okay. I now have friends who have one of my colleagues, he has an amazing dispensary in Trenton, New Jersey, um, Simply Pure. Another one of my colleagues has an amazing cultivation named Europe, and that's also in New Jersey, right? I, I love that we're now seeing, as cannabis is coming to the East Coast, we're now seeing a wave of young, vibrant African-American entrepreneurs who are getting their shot, right? Because it was the young Black folks who really kept cannabis alive during Prohibition. Right, right, absolutely. Um, and so what were, so you said you had challenges as well being um, Black man in the cannabis business. What are some of the other challenges that you had to go through? Yeah, so um, one of our challenges was just around our formulation, right? I mean, when we first started, we were in a eight ounce pet bottle. Um, it looks like like a little Huggies. Yeah, and yeah. Mm-hmm. So we found ourselves having to find sustainable packaging, and then we know that the regulation does not require in a lot of states um, these childproof lids. But we decided to take it a second, a step further, and provide childproof lids on all of our packaging, just to mm. make sure that kids can never get into our packaging or that we're doing all we can to prevent that, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, there, there are tons of challenges that we've we've encountered and we've just been able to take them all one step at a time. I joke with my friends and I tell them I feel like a firefighter now that I'm an entrepreneur, right? It's just daily putting out fires. Every day we're just putting out fires. Okay. I'm, I'm learning how to be better at that and to do it with a smile versus begrudging me <laughs> like when I first started. Okay. Um, I know you're, you're, and you're kind of our, we're already entrepreneurial because you had a insurance brokerage. Yep. So what are some of, what, what have you feel has been some of the, I guess, differences in being this type of a business and what were some of the, I guess, business, the business acumen that you brought from the insurance brokerage that you brought to this business? Yeah. Um, you know, I used to always tell people, if you can sell life insurance, you can sell anything, right? I mean, oftentimes people are buying life insurance and they will never be the beneficiary of it, right? They'll never see the benefit, but they're doing it for their loved ones. Now I'm selling a product that the federal government hasn't approved and that has its own set of challenges. But, um, you know, it's all about sales. It's all about marketing. It's all about putting yourself and your product before in front of people and making sure that 
they even know you exist. Um, and how do you do that in cannabis when you can't advertise on certain channels? You know, most people view the internet nowadays through the meta lens, right? Whether that's Facebook, Instagram, mm -hmm. WhatsApp, things of that nature. And they don't allow you to put any money behind your product and they're shutting down Instagram pages left and right. Um, oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, there's a lot of complexities that you have to deal with in cannabis. I, I oftentimes tell myself, you know what, it may have been better for me just to go back and figure the law degree out and practice law. It may have been an easier, easier hill to climb versus being in cannabis. But I love cannabis. Um, the first time I went to a cannabis conference, I remember calling my dad from the conference floor and saying, dad, I found my people. I found my purpose. Mm. This is where I want to be. And since then, you know, we've been rolling. That's great. Great. Um, and you mentioned marketing and that's a great segue to this. So who would you say is your target market? Who, I mean, in all the things that you've done so far, who's the individual that usually will gravitate to like eliminate versus I guess just smoke regular smoking? Yeah, you know, at first I used to say that our target market was everyone. You know, we're it's lemonade, everybody can drink lemonade. And then and then as we started to get out to more shows and touch more of the consumers, I was saying the consumer was me, right? People who look like me, young urban professionals, but all of that is false, right? What we found since uh, launching in Massachusetts is people with chronic pain are the number one users of our product, right? They're mm. reaching out, they're trying to figure to find ways to heal themselves and or to not use um, the opioids that they're prescribed. We recently did a feature with a young lady who she's 30 years old and she was diagnosed with breast cancer, right? Mm. It, although it was stage zero breast cancer, she still went and had a mastectomy to make sure that there was no uh, breast tissue that was cancerous. And she said that rather than using the opioids, she found our lemonade and used our lemonade in her recovery. Right. So okay. I, I, for one, am not telling people to do that. Right. I'm telling people to consult your doctor and do what's best for your body. But I was impressed that she did that. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I get stories like that all the time. People reaching out and saying, you know, how they've discovered the lemonade and they love it. Right, right. And that's something I guess you can't market, I would think, or can't really advertise. <laughs> right, uh, right. Unfortunately. And I guess because of her chronic pain, it was easier to drink the lemonade versus smoking, I guess? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, she wasn't really a, a smoker. She was a collegiate athlete. Um, oh, I so see. She took care of her body. Um, she, If she sees this, I hope she's doing well because she recently tore her ACL playing basketball in a pickup league and she was supposed to have surgery on her ACL on Friday. Mm. Her husband stopped by and picked up some lemonade for her recovery. Wow. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, you know, she was saying that when she took the opioids, she just felt lethargic and she felt like she was in a haze. And when she had the lemonade, she was able to get back to herself. And she was a new mother, had a son who was two at the time, and she was mm -hmm. able to you know kind of play with him although not rough house but play with him a little bit um during her recovery so she appreciate she credited our lemonade for that okay and does the lemonade process in your body differently than if you smoke 
I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And so it's just the way it must metabolizes through your body. Um, When you smoke, you know, it tends to be a faster instant effect. The lemonade is more like an edible where it has to metabolize through your, through your digestive system. Um, But we are using technology, uh, nanotechnology that allows for a faster onset. Um, And it also allows for suspension, right? So you're going to get the same amount of milligrams in the first couple of sips as you would in the last couple of sips, which is much different than our original product, right? This is why it took a long time for us to get our formulation together because although I loved the product that we made for my mom, I know that the first couple of drinks of the lemonade was stronger than the last. Right, because mm. of the separation in the molecules and all the scientific nature of the um, infusion. Wow, that's that's fascinating. How how were you able to determine that part? Yeah, a, a lot a lot of hard work and testing, um, and we actually um, partnered with the FDA certified lab to figure this out and get our commercial formulation correct. Okay. And so the nano, I guess the nanotechnology, which means, I guess, how you... The, sm- the, stimulate- the THC particles are smaller and okay. um, they're able to metabolize a little faster. Got you. So it allows a, it allows a more balanced how it metastasizes in the body, I would assume. Absolutely. Balanced, faster. Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. Fantastic. I guess since I have, you know, I used to work with entrepreneurs uh, in the past, so... What is your future? What's your future forecasting? Where do you see um, the business? Where do you think you would like to go uh, with the Best Dirty Lemonade? Yeah, you know that, that that's a great question, um, and and I feel like we want to bring it to the masses, right? We that's the only reason why we even developed our hemp derived Delta Nine version, right? Because we know that given the legalities, we can get the lemonade to more people this way, more people who need the lemonade and could use the um, therapeutic effects. Um, But, you know, we have our eyes set on a couple of states and we're in talks with people who are licensed in those states to bring it to them. So we're excited. Okay. And what makes the hemp Delta 9 different than your original product? Um, You know, it's just how the cannabinoids are processed. So according to the 2018 Farm Bill, um, Congress allowed hemp to be classified differently so as long as you have less than 0.3 percent of hemp by dry weight in your product it's legal according to the farm bill now some states have come behind the farm bill and added more regulation and said like you can't do it for example iowa right is one state that doesn't allow for this but um in all states that currently allow hemp derived delta 9 products we will sell it to them via the internet Okay. Oh, interesting. Um, well, this has been a fast, uh, fascinating and wonderful just to hear uh, about your product. I guess, you know, I'm sure when I, before you, if you don't get to New Jersey very soon, I'll, I'll have to take a trip to just Massachusetts to try it out because, yeah, I mean, I would probably myself prefer to drink it as opposed to uh, smoke it. Because one thing about the about smoking is that the smell is just is just outrageous. You you just know you, you know, know who just smoked. 
you know who just smoked or you know right next to you and and that can be a little um tough at times you know but a drink you know you can't there's no real smell so i would say I, maybe i would play up that that advantage you know absolutely absolutely <laughs> you know it could feel good and you don't know where I, you don't know i'm coming so yeah so so you know we did a whole um ad campaign that we couldn't put out uh around thanksgiving last year right okay and the thought was you and your cousins don't have to go take that walk anymore before the dinner right okay you can discreetly drink the lemonade at the dinner table and no one would know nobody would know yeah because you know there's always those cousins in this family dynamics that think they're being discreet and they just come back either smelling like uh marijuana or they smell like cologne on top of marijuana right yeah yeah and, and yeah the family the, just the... turns a blind eye but we all know what's going on yeah the smell is just so strong it's and i don't know i mean it just seems so much stronger now you, you know you'll be you'll be in your car and you'll be like, okay yeah right next the car next to you they're smoking in there because it's just so potent absolutely um so yeah thank you um so even though they you have to be in Massachusetts to buy uh, your product. How can people just follow your journey and uh, that may be interested in uh, purchasing pro the product or just following your story? Yeah, you can follow us on both Facebook and Instagram at The Best Dirty Lemonade. I'm sorry, Facebook and Instagram at Best Dirty Lemonade. I did mention that they shut down pages, so, you know, we had to- Oh, right, you gotta keep reading. You got to keep creating. Wow. Yes. Yes. This, is, this doesn't make any sense, but you know, I, I don't understand it. So, um, well, thank you. I always like to end the show. Um, and I usually don't tell the guests of this question because I always want it to be authentic from the, no from the beginning, but you know, we're, we as black men, we're always, um, working to, to on that grind, really trying to support, you know, you were supporting your mom. And I, I know with that, came with a lot of uh, responsibility and you probably took on a lot emotionally. Um, but one of the questions I like to ask and you give thought to is, as a black man, how are you feeling right now? You know, right now, I would say I, I'm tired, right? Um, we're building a brand, going cross country, making sure that um, our production partners have what they need and dispensaries are displaying the brand properly. Um, so I, I, I feel tired, but I feel hopeful, right? Mm. I, I, I see where this journey has come um, and I'm hopeful for the future. I'm, I'm excited to get to have conversations about a product that helps my mother with people like you bringing it to the masses. I mean, I'm hopeful. That's the answer, hopeful. Hopeful, okay, that's great. Well, Amari, I just thank you for for being on today. This has truly been a treat, and I'm glad that we were able to accommodate today. And I, like I said, I look forward to at some point being able to try the best dirty lemonade. So maybe somebody will have a stand somewhere, and I'll have to pull over. So thank you, and thank you, Amari, for sharing your story with us. I love how he has created a legacy for his mother through the special moments they had together, and the product he has created had a little hand in their extended time together. If you live in the Massachusetts or Atlanta, and if you've tasted some of the best dirty lemonade, please leave a comment and let me know your thoughts. Black Men Speak was written, produced, and edited by me, Keith Depp. 
You can find previous episodes of Black Men Speak wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We always like to end the show with a quote, and this one comes from Magic Johnson, who is now part owner of four sports leagues, the MLB Dodgers, WNBA Sparks, and MLS's LAFC. And now, just as the last couple of weeks, part owner of the Washington Commanders. His quote goes like this, a man may die, nations may rise and fall, but an idea lives on. This is Keith Dent from the Black Men Speak podcast. Peace.